and then the 210 I can't remember what the next I can't remember what the one under the Bel Air was uh, but I like this car it's nice it's just not 50 grand worth of nice oh definitely not I mean you can see it it's, 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 oh I already looked at it yeah I the, already, the marine, maroon and white two-tone already perused over it they, yeah everyone thinks they have gold yeah and they don't some of them do but they have great memories in it and it looks just like a Bel Air. Yeah. So I'm we sure it's price it just like a Bel Air. Yeah. Welcome back again, folks. Uh, we're doing our favorite uh, Sunday morning activity, perusing the small ads, combing through the classifieds to find the gold. Uh, Facebook, Craigslist, they've got their advantages, but there's really nothing like getting your fingers all inky. And bringing home the bargain trader. Actually, the better thing than doing this, when I lived out in Arizona, you're just driving, and you get out like, yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and you just see this property, and it's just a field of, <laughs> of vehicles that have been there since the 60s. That's one of my favorite road trips, too. Oh, it's... Like, I've never... I've never stopped and gone and looked, because I was worried about getting shot, mm -hmm. you know? But... Definitely slow down and take a look and you go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. you know, that's better. But yeah. this is better. Well, I mean, it's easier. I love, <laughs> I, I do love, I love just cruising around, uh, cruising around the local area and seeing what people have for sale signs on. Uh, There's some good stuff there. There's always so. good stuff for sale. And then you have the occasional 1970s antique kitty ride coin operated, looks like Pac Man. <laughs> for a thousand dollars you get the gems like that well the other day I saw someone trying to sell a black on black chrome wheels <clears throat> low mileage Cadillac Alante. if you remember anything I, I don't know the Alante. remember anything about Cadillac's late 80s and early 90s products you probably remember that they weren't very good. Well, yeah. And the Alante was the not very goodest of them all. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And they wanted almost $10,000. I remember a lot of zeros on the for sale side in the window. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking stupid numbers, I was on eBay just the other day. And this guy had a 66... Jeep Wagoneer, uh, Super Wagoneer. Yeah. Which I had never heard of. I had to look it up. And the guy, in my 10 minutes of research, found out that 80% of what this guy wrote about this uh, vehicle was just a load of crap. <laughs> he said that they were super rare, which it is. It was only made for like three years. It's like 66 to 69 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And... Only 657 or something like that were made. It's like 3,900, which yeah. it is a very low number, but it's in double the amount that he said. Yeah. And then, he, you know, he wanted 20 grand for the thing. And it was, he called it, you know, he got it from, I don't know, a state sale, whatever it was. It looked like it was it was freshly pulled from a barn. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it, it was beat up. It needed a lot of work. But he wanted 20 grand for it, which is a lot. And I think one was sold like last year for like one hundred ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars. That was done to the nines. It was absolutely gorgeous. But this guy, the original three-speed transmission, automatic transmission, which had a uh, center console shifter, mm -hmm. which was very rare back in the day, especially on truck. Yeah, just in general, even cars, it was yeah. always column, the steering column mounted. Um, that was taken out and a three-speed manual was put in. Mm -hmm. So it's not numbers matching anymore. Yeah. So he wants top dollar for something that is not worthless, but worth a hell of a lot less now. Yeah. You know, so maybe half of that. And then I think the air conditioning system was gone too. Realistically, what's he getting for it? Someone's going to call him and offer, what do you think they're going to offer him? I mean, a, a regular 66 Wagoneer, you're nine ish yeah. you know in that condition i mean yeah. that that is because it ran i mean it looked like it was running oh running. i'm sure it ran when it was parked I'm, I'm sure it did yeah but you know it, if it ran and drove and stopped and everything worked the way it was supposed to 
for a regular '66 Wagoneer, you're you're in the nine thousand yeah. dollar, ten thousand dollar range. And you never people have such loose definitions of running and driving. Yeah, days. it turns on. Yeah, the engine runs. <laughs> I know, got the and, key, and I can put it in gear, and it rolls. It rolls. <laughs> you know, and it moves, and, and I don't have yeah. to push it. And you always see that. You know, runs like, and drives. Like in the, the YouTube videos. Yeah. You know, oh, first first drive. You know, and all, they put it in gear and literally roll it ten feet. My favorite drive. <laughs> My favorite car has runs and drives. Needs brakes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what it doesn't do? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't run. Yeah. Uh, oh God. But yeah, that's. But it's just everyone thinks that they have. Like I said, gold. Yeah. And most people don't. You know. Yeah. No, it's it's true, and and you know. I, again, I love the bargain hunter, the the old, you know, the old sport of going to find old cars is as fun as it ever was. Yeah. Yeah, but I really, I you know, I do think sometimes the internet gives these people a lot of false hope, you know, that the guy with the Elante, I'm sure he saw one on eBay yeah. that was somewhere in Florida with not a lot of miles on it and, you know, pampered in a garage forever, go for that kind of money, but and that's he's not getting it out yeah. here. They, they always say... You know, oh, one just sold like that guy one hundred ten thousand dollars last year. I saw them online for this. Yeah, and it was one. It was I guarantee it was numbers matching. Yeah, everything was was right where it was supposed to be, and they had done eighty thousand dollars worth of, you know, yeah, work to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure to, to get it. Sure, you you can't you can't ask top dollar for something that isn't a top dollar and, and these, you know, these days it's so it's so it's so funny because these days everyone is you know saying oh i saw it for i saw it for this online i saw it for this on ebay okay you saw it advertised for that what did they get for it and that's the other thing they, they don't follow up yeah on it they just say oh yeah they, it went for this they, yeah. okay what did they get yeah and the other side of it is they're really they're like angry. Like, of course, they're yeah, on the internet. Nobody wants to haggle anymore. They're on the internet. willing to be like, okay, well, that's yeah. what they're asking. I'm, I'll give yeah. you this. And they're like, oh, it's an insult. Yeah. No, it's just and, what and, I'm prepared to pay. And they, they write, write in the, the, the ad, firm. Firm. <laughs> not going to negotiate. Don't lowball. You know, don't yeah. need help selling. Hey, guy, you know? if you want 24 and I'm, and I'm offering you 15, I'm not lowballing you, bud. Yeah. That's really a pretty decent offer. And, and that's the thing. Everyone thinks that if someone's, yes, I get it. There are people that, you know, they don't even look at the vehicle. They want asking 10, I'll give you a 22. Yeah. You know, and they haven't even looked at it in person. That would irritate the crap yeah. out of me, oh, too. Yeah. I get that. But to say that you're not going to negotiate, and I've seen, um, there's a, a Jeep. I love uh, jeeptruck.com. Uh -huh. uh, it's a small little independent site, but it's a good little marketplace for, for Jeeps. Yeah. For full-size Jeeps, mostly. And uh, there is a, I think it's out in Vegas. There's a, I think it's like an 8081 uh, J10 Honcho. Uh -huh. Beautifully restored. It's a gorgeous truck. The Honchos, were those ones that had the stripes on the side? They had yeah, the, yeah, it was a trim package. They it, were it, cool, was, it literally just decals. They were cool. I think it had the, uh, the step side. They were orange. Were they the ones that came in like orange paint? They, they came in all different colors. Yeah. Actually, the, um, if you remember the, the movie Twister with Ellen Hunt? That is where I saw a honcho last. The, You're exactly right. The yellow yes. Jeep that she totals at the beginning of the movie. Yes, I remember that. That was a Jeep honcho. But, um, but this it, this one is actually is orange. It's got the Nerf bar, roll bar, cool. you know, the hoop and everything, step side, back. It's a gorgeous thing. It's been there probably about two years for sale. Uh -huh. um, started like $32,000. I think he's down to 21. Mm -hmm. But he says the same thing, you know. He wants top dollar. And it is a top dollar uh, build. I but mean, the market's it, not there yet. And that's what it is. Yeah. Especially when you have a niche vehicle, you, you can't expect to get crazy money for it because yeah. it's just not there. I remember I, when I was shopping for my Gladiator, um, I went and I looked at one and it, it was okay. Um, there wasn't anything special about it. Mm -hmm. I think it was a late 70s. Mm -hmm. um, it needed a lot of work and it had some rust and this and that. And the mm -hmm. guy wanted, I think he wanted like 7,500 bucks for it. Yeah. And I was like, I'll give you half of that. You know, yeah, it, it sure. needs a lot of work. I'm like, yes, it runs, it drives it, but it needs everything done yeah. to it. Yeah, but then you can turn around and sell thirty grand. The money's there. I was like, 
<laughs> and I tried to tell them, like, dude, no one, people are selling, are trying to sell them for 30 grand, but people aren't buying them for 30 grand. You're not gonna, it's just, it, it, it's too much, it's too small market. If you can turn it around and sell it for 30 grand, you do that, and then call me and laugh at me because I'm such an idiot. You know, and then there's the other side of it. There are, uh, just looking yesterday, there are Jeep restoration companies, and I mean, they sell a $150,000 Jeep. Sure, but sure. It's such a small market. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to do that. Uh, and these, again, these are beautiful. And they're doing all the the full-size Jeeps that I, I really like. They, yeah. They're, they're, the Wagoneer is probably the most popular one, but there's plenty of other ones that most people don't, they look at, they don't even know what it is. I remember trying to go buy an old uh, Austin Healey mm-hmm. from the, an early one that was not in great shape, had rust, didn't run, <coughs> but had been recently worked on. It was a project that languished for a while and the guy finally got some impetus that put a new interior. Nervous. Well, he put a new interior in it. I've been, to be fair, I mean, I knew the car. I'd been trying to figure out what he was going to do with it for a while because I'd seen it behind his shop. And then one day I noticed it was gone. So I walked in and said, oh, it's actually getting some work done on it. I figured the owner had finally paid a bill or something and the car was being finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, then in the next year I saw it back out in the back of the shop and I went over to finally seriously figure out what they were going to try to do with it. And the guy said, well, you know, we've got about 11,000 in it, so that's what we want for it. I'm like, well, wait a minute, you're breaking the first rule of, of you know, old car, selling an old car. You, you never get your money back. You get your money back, <laughs> exactly. I'm willing to give you about five grand for this yeah. thing because it rolls, yes, it's got a brake pedal, but it doesn't move under its own power. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was always, and I think that has become now, like the other day I was looking at a... a Something stupid, a Challenger. I don't know why I was looking for a Challenger, but I was looking at Challengers. New World, newer. Okay. Uh, and the guy, the, the, the guy wanted uh, abnormal money for it, and I thought, okay, well, he must, it must be special. Yeah. But it turns out he just put a bunch of parts on it, and he was trying to get his money back out of all the parts. Yeah, like yeah. that's you don't know, that way. Come on, man. You keep the wheels. You keep your coilovers. Yeah. Give me the stock stuff. And you know, and, and I, I mean. The aftermarket is a great thing. I love it. But I'm always of the opinion that when it comes time to buy used cars, especially if you want a, something kind of exotic or fast or something like that, go for something that hasn't been messed with. Yeah. I think TV is a big part to blame in this. Oh, yeah. Because I see all these car shows, you know, Gas Monkey and all that, and they're flipping cars and they're making money. It's really hard to do that. <laughs> and, and the key element... No, it only takes an hour. Wait a minute. They, they, it, only takes, it only takes an hour. I know this for a fact. But I think the key element that, that people always gloss over is they're buying the car cheaper. They're buying yeah. it below value. Yeah. So then they can sell it at value. Yeah. Where the people are just buying at value and trying to sell it above value. And what the hell are you trying to do here, guy? You know? Yeah. And, and they just don't get that. And we will show you this uh, in, in practice once we get on TV and have a production company backing us so that we can afford to buy cars for nothing because they're compensating us for our time. Yeah. I've always wondered that. Like, like, like gas On the TV shows, yeah. like, is it the TV money buying the car or are the guys actually buying it for themselves? No, I've never really cared that much. I don't care who buys it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's like you see these guys... Like, like, you know, Gas Monkey is probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, they always get these screaming deals on these cars. And I always, like, is that scripted? Because before, or is it because he's big and famous now? Yeah. And they always oh, want to get on TV. If I sell my car, I'm going be on TV. You yeah. know, is it that stupid mentality? Because if you have a vehicle, why don't you sell it for half as much it's yeah. worth? You know, but they seem to do it all the time. Yeah. You know, and I've always wondered... Is that just something they wrote into it? Because he was, I mean, I've listened to podcasts with him and stuff, and he's he, he's been doing that since high school. You know, mm-hmm. like that's all he did was ever he buy cars, sell them. Mm-hmm. You know, he flipped them, and he never really started making money until the TV show. So, is that success because of the TV show, or well, obviously it is? But I mean. I just want to know how the hell he gets his car so goddamn cheap. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there, yeah. I, I always figured, my, my, my theory was that he had, you know, if you, if you have 
a lot of uh, a lot of experience, or if you have a, a long-standing reputation locally as a guy that always just buys cars, yeah. then they probably come out of the woodwork towards you. You know, oh, they definitely yeah. they definitely do now because I mean yeah. you see like these guys drag him in and they, he gets all these phone calls and tips. Yeah, that's definitely because he's famous and, and people want to sell to him. But I don't know. Like he, he before, just, did he just go knocking on doors? Yeah, we don't know. Well, I'm, I'm sure at some point that's what he would do, or he look in the yeah. magazines and find yeah. on the internet and stuff and I think nowadays the only way you're going to get a screaming deal is you you got to be out there and you just got to see the one in the field and you got to walk up to him and, and offer the guy money yeah you got to find the guy that's not looking to sell it that's just forgotten about it and just yeah just you want to give me a thousand dollars for this piece of shit you're going to make it go away and I don't yeah. have to touch it? Yeah. I, I think that nowadays that's the only time you're going to get a screaming deal on yeah. vehicle. Because everything else is, everyone wants top dollar for mm-hmm. everything. doesn't matter what piece of shit it is, they want top dollar for it. Yeah, I agree. I'm 100% aligned with you on that. Even just parts, not even a whole vehicle. Yeah. You want a fender? Oh, it's going to be 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Because it's, it, and it's weird because I think everybody, they see the internet as like, it's not That's only, how I'm gonna get rich. Exactly. It's like exactly. Like, not only is not only am I privy to all of this information about how much the car goes for, but yeah. you know now I I can extrapolate how much I should be charging for the parts that yeah. I've got behind my shed that have been there for ten years. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it. The other side of it is people just half-ass their research. Yeah. You know, like like you were saying, they just see, oh, hey, there's five on eBay for twenty thousand dollars. They never look to see what the final, you know. Most of them probably went without selling. Yeah. That's what I like about uh, the website, bringatrailer.com. Uh-huh. Um, you can look at the active um, auctions that are going, and you can also look at the auction results by vehicle, mm-hmm. by the make and the model. And everything. So you can look at Jeep Wagoneers and mm-hmm. see, and they got all these bullet points of, 80, you know, 200, how many they sold over the course of the existence of that website. Yeah. What the high was, what the low, what every single individual vehicle sold for. And you see the pattern of, of the average of where it was. Yeah. And you're still, and then it's a, it's a still, you know, creating that delineation mark between, you know, cars that are, they're, they're worth that kind of money. Because I don't remember the last time I saw like a two grand car on Bring a Trailer. And, you know, the, the cars that are worth, Proper, you know, yeah, the chunks of cash. There's definitely, um, yeah, it, it's going to a lot of high end vehicles now, a lot mm-hmm. of Ferraris and Mercedes, and, and there's a lot of that, but there is still. Well, um, I was I was thinking, you know, more about like just the the really nice versions of kind of like humdrum cars, you know, take uh, take your your I don't know your M3, your '90s BMW M3. They made a lot of them. Yeah. And there's you know on really really nice ones and yeah, really really yeah. dodgy ones. And I think you know there now there's it's there's much more of a demarcation between like this is what makes this one worth ten grand. This is why yours is three. You know there's it's not like it used to be where it, it, when 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 the internet was in its infancy and people and people were first seeing the Barrett Jackson auction results yeah. and the you know, the eBay pricing that, you know, ooh, well, mine says BMW M3 on it too. It must be worth, you yeah. know, a stupid amount of money. But I think now, like, thanks, thanks to Bring a Trailer, it's like, no, yours yours is not worth this because, you know, it leaks oil, the subframes crack, yeah. the seats are cracked, you know, it's got a bunch of miles on it and all this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, everyone always thinks that just because one sold for $3 million, you know, that wasn't the... the the Bullet Mustang. Bullet Mustang. Sold for like three and a half million dollars or whatever it was. The, the, so many people just think, well, that's going to bring up the value of mine. Yeah. It's like, no, that's going to bring up the value of special Mustangs. <laughs> you know, if, if you have a 69 GT500, yeah, that might bring up the value of that one. You know, it's not yeah. going to bring up your 2008 V6 automatic Mustang. <laughs> Do you, you see know? that continuing though? Do you see that trend of the, of the super, you know, the, the super expensive, and I'm not, I'm not just thinking about like the bullet Mustang. That's obviously an extremely special case, yeah. but I was just thinking of that, that rising tie lifting all boats versus, you know, are we getting to a point where the, we're only going to think of certain cars as collectible versus can a, can a Fox body Mustang be worth more now because the bullet Mustang is worth so much. 
I think people will believe that. Yeah. You know, they're going to say, hey, I got this really cool car. You know, it, it, yeah, it's a Fox body. But, you know, yeah, I pulled the body off. I did a, a, a frame-up restoration. I did all this stuff to it. It's a gorgeous car. But at the end of the day, you have an 80-whatever Mustang. Yeah, sure. You know, it's one of those, mm-hmm. to the right person, it might be worth a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. You know, boatload being, you know, 30, 40 grand, mm-hmm. you know, but you got to find that person. Yeah. And that's what I was saying with, with Jeeps, like with, with J trucks and, you know, the old stuff like that to the right market. Yeah. Like I will pay $40,000 for a, a rebuilt 65 Wagoneer mm-hmm. that, that's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And people will look at me and, and say, why would you spend brand new money? You know, value for That's some new Cherokee money. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, you you can get a brand new Grand Cherokee for the money you just spent on that thing that doesn't have air conditioning. And, you know, yeah, it's got power steering, power brakes, and stuff, but it rides for tank. Yeah, to me, that's special. It's, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. There's not a lot of people out there that's gonna pay that kind of money. Because I saw a guy when, of course, you know, when, when the when the bullet Mustang auction results came out, of course you. You read through the results, and now at the bottom of every uh, news story, it's like, oh, by the way, you want to buy a Mustang? Here's 10 that are for sale right now. Yeah. Of course, one of them was a, a, a Fox body, you know, old squared off 80s Mustang, but it had been painted green, like the bullet car. It had bullet wheels on it. Same thing. Yeah, and the guy wanted, <laughs> I mean, and it, even, if you, even if it was a nice kind of, you know, sort of like adaptation of a bullet theme to a yeah. Fox body Mustang, it's still, like, that's not a reason for you to want... Nine five for yeah. that car because you you exactly what you said you've got an eighty eight five zero that's got you know not a lot of appeal outside from the fact that it's green and it's got bullet wheels on it. You got to find that right buyer yeah that wants that and most people they don't have the patience for that yeah you know and they just they just get pissed off and the average Mustang guy says oh it's nice I can appreciate it not that kind of money appreciate it I'll give you. A, Half of that, yeah, you know, and then they get insulted and pissed off, and yeah, and I, I'm all, you know, I, I'm particularly interested in that because I think that's that we're getting a bubble market now in some of these new muscle cars. I think you know a lot of guys with the 392 Challengers and the mm-hmm. you know Mustangs and the Camaros, they, you know, they they're like, well, this is the only car built in that year that has you know it that's got like this particular paint code yellow with red stitching on the seats and these wheels and I think (laughs) the fuck cares exactly I think there's a lot of guys now that are like well it's the only one of this particular subset of Camaro in 2017 like that's not and I think that's that's hurting them because you're you're kind of like well it's still just a it's a mass produced vehicle exactly they made up to million of these things that year yeah you have fancy stitching who cares you know but Again, there's someone out there that does care about that, you mm-hmm. know, and God bless them. It ain't me. You know? <laughs> but I do, I mean, the other day I saw someone driving around in uh, an earlier Challenger, black, shaker hood, not, no stripes, nothing really clean, ostentatious clean about and it. Clean and simple. Clean and simple. And I just looked at it and I thought, yes. Oh, okay. like that's just like. I like the way that thing looks on the street. Yeah. You know, just sitting in a stoplight, oh, yeah. not doing anything fast. Not you, but you know, it just pulls up, and you're like, you know what? It's it just a looks awesome, really awesome yeah. looking car, just sitting there. That I paid good money for. It was early morning. You know, the sun's coming up in the background. It's yeah. got the the you know <clears throat> the the mist coming out of the tailpipes. And like, yeah, yes, that's you know, <laughs> okay. I get it. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I really I think that that you know there's there's always been bubble markets in cars, and that's like you're the you know the 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 Antique, what's well, it? Antique, but the vintage four-wheel drives. I don't think it's a bubble market, but it's a very strong used car market now. Um, when you say antique, how old are you going? Well, that mid, you know, sixties, because it used okay. to be that that you know, well, I would say it used to be. Yeah, I think the seventies is really booming right now. Sure, seventies sure. four by fours, all those square body C tens, and you know, sure, everything. But first, you know, first it was the it was the muscle cars from the seventies, and then it was the other cars from the seventies. Now it's the trucks, you yeah. know, and that's the, the four wheel drives that are following along. Mm. Everybody's looking for really good condition. Well, the Chevy C ten, perfect example. I mean, yeah, you can yeah. still get some good deals though. I mean, you go. 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. like C10s, 
You can still get them at a decent price. Well, I say it's much more common now to find a C10 to find a, a restored C10 because oh, yeah. I mean, when I was coming, they were yeah, but I, was, I remember really really nice ones being sold for thirty five hundred bucks just because that's you know, it was like look it's a pickup truck that's what it's worth. Yeah, now see that whole patina look has really screwed things sure. up. Sure. Yeah. Because now before we go okay it's all rusted I got to fix this down knock some price off now people it's rusted I'm gonna charge more <laughs> for it. That's right. It's like, oh, man. You know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah it looks cool but. I don't want to see the. It's funny you say that because I heard the other day it's something I or I'd see I saw something uh, in a, in the ad copy of a used car, little classified ad that I'd never seen before, which was uh, not a catalog truck, and I I was like, what is a catalog? And I emailed the guy, and it was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> what I was you made in contact. <laughs> what I received in reply was if you don't know man you're not you're not a dissertation from the <laughs> professor emeritus of old chevy trucks about how you know it's so much more important to find uh and the, these these trucks with original sheet metal in place because it's too easy to just build one out of a catalog these days and you know all the all the all the other ones for sale were just cars that had been you know they were they were just checkbook cars uh, just you know somebody put a threw a bunch of money at a parts place and, and order you know, a bunch of boxes that arrived and they just opened the boxes, put it all together and they had a truck. Whereas this guy's was lovingly cared for over, you know, the, the life of, you know, the I mean, vehicle. I can, I'm kind of torn on that. There, there's probably that I can understand what he's saying, mm -hmm. where people just, and again, I keep bringing it back to what I know with Jeeps, and, and there's people, There's sentimental things. Well, no. You see people, you drive down the road, and you say, okay, that dude just threw a credit card at this thing, mm -hmm. and like you said, just checked everything on, you know, this off-road website, he bought the bumpers, the winch, everything, and the thing looks like brand new, mm -hmm. and it's never been off-road, but he just threw all this money. I, I get that. But then, when you're talking about older vehicles, you know, original sheet metal. Well, where I'm from, no one has original sheet metal because it rusts. Sure. You have to. So it's either scrap it, put it in the graveyard, and it's gone forever. Or, yeah, you pull that fender off and you put it... My, my Jeep, my, my, uh, my Gladiator, it's got a whole new front fender on it. Mm -hmm. It was just right. It was too far gone to repair. The other one we could save... But it's gone. The floors, it's the third set of floors in the freezer. You know, it, they rusted through twice. Um, you, depend, if you live in New Mexico or Arizona, God bless you, because you, you'll never know. The trials and tribulations. Yeah, just how awful it is up there. And yeah, you can talk shit about, oh, original everything on this. Good for you. <laughs> but I would rather you have... You lucky bastard. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have a truck that, yeah, it's got a couple new fenders and new floors and this and that, but it's still there and running. Sure, than, sure. Then see it just dead. And I, I mean, it's, and I think one of the nice things about, especially Jeeps and, and vehicles built in the same kind of, with the same kind of thought in mind, is that they were built to be repairable. You know, they were, the, the Jeep was built to have... Well, the Jeep is built to have the fenders bolted off and, and, and you know, screwed yeah. back in place. There, there's definitely a utilitarian nature to it. It's simple. It's just bolted together. And, yeah, they didn't... I don't think they did it to make it come apart. I think they did it because it's easier to go together. Sure, you know, sure. It was cheaper for them just to bolt it together than to do some fancy kind of... And I'm thinking more like, you know, I'm thinking about like a... I'm trying to think of a car that was really built with like a lot of complex bodywork on it, but Europe, you know, anything European, you know, where they've got like the, the you know the, the welting between the body yeah. panels, or where they fill in the welds, the, the shut lines on the yeah. on the bodies, like that's because old American, especially trucks, but anything old American, no one kept them a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a relatively recent thing where we did that. That's why when you you find an old vehicle and it's got Bondo on it by the pound. It's because they weren't building it to last another fifty years. They yeah. were building it to last. I just don't want it to look like shit. Slap it on there, and a year and a half and buy another car. Yeah. You know, they didn't keep them a long time, and they weren't collector items back then. You yeah. know, you had a a seventy Challenger. 
Yeah, it was cool, but you it wasn't worth anything except the eighteen hundred dollars it took to buy them, whatever the hell it cost back then. You know, it, they weren't thinking the way we think about vehicles now. Yeah, sure, you know? sure. In case in point, I think you know one of the the cars that has become just like almost legendary is the the DeLorean. You know, that was mm. a, that was a movie screen car for a lot of people. Like the only place you were going to see one was Back to the Future. I mean, that was like that was what it was. But in reality. If you actually paid money for one, it was a nightmare because you know the parts weren't available and the company folded up and you were stuck with it for a long time. Yeah. Just as you know, it had a Peugeot engine in the back of it, and Peugeot didn't even import cars in this country for decades. So, I had heard that like there's a warehouse full of unused, you know, new old stock just body panels. Like there you, are, yeah. I mean, like there's a company that that bought them. Yeah, and exactly. Building. Brand new DeLoreans from original parts. Yeah, but for a while, like my, my point, it was, you know, for mm-hmm. a long time until that company came around, yeah. you, you were at the you mercy of, exactly, yeah, you were at the mercy of your best parts guy in town, you know, yeah. if he could do something for you, great. But like that was one of those cars where, you know, the, the, the actual like mystique of owning it, mm-hmm. I think was a lot more special to people Absolutely. than the actual, you know, I'm not going to drive this thing, but I like having it in the garage. You know, I'm kind of a sucker for movie cars. Yeah. Like, I've always wanted to build my own DeLorean time machine. See, I never understood why the DeLorean was the famous one from the movie, because I always liked the uh, Nissan Hardbody. The black, was it a Toyota or a Nissan? The black truck. Oh, Toyota. Was that a Toyota? That is That nice. thing was cool. I actually saw someone, um, uh, somewhere online, Someone had built that. Really? Yeah, they, they built it. was like an 80, 85 4x4 pickup. But yeah, the I've always wanted a DeLorean time mm-hmm. machine. Flux capacitor and everything. <laughs> I want a whole Megillah. Um, and then uh, Jurassic Park, YJG. Oh, of course. Got to have one of those. Uh, manual. Uh-huh. You got to be able to not get into gear. <laughs> and... Um, See, I'd like to want to have the only. I'd like to have one of the explorers, but you can't drive them unless I got that track. So, you know. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you didn't have an explorer. <laughs> and the other thing I always wanted was I wanted to go full full tilt with the uh, smoking the bandit. Yeah. I want the Trans Am, and I want the Peter. And the truck loaded <laughs> too. Yeah. There was someone uh, recreated that that really truck. get the whole trailer and had it painted up and done everything. <laughs> I would love to do that. Get get the two together. And see, that wasn't, even my, that wasn't my favorite car from that movie either. If you'll remember, well, this, this is, again, this is, this is a really cop car super what? deep cut, <laughs> super deep cut into the movie. But there was, a, when, after he picks up Sally Fields okay. and they do a burnout and leave, yeah. there are... Where you can see the force at the tracks from yeah. the, the, the earlier takes. They're <laughs> <laughs> moving three feet down the road. <laughs> but anyway, they're, after they, after they leave, there are these... The scruffy kids that hoodlums. pull up in this this awesome old Dodge Tradesman van with the mag wheels on it. Did they steal the hubcaps? They steal right. the hubcaps, yeah. And then and then of course Buford T. Justice catches them in the act. But that van was <clears throat> awesome. I do and remember so, that. The, the, so was the T bucket. Remember the group of kids that they got to they recruited to help them out with some kind of roadblock or something. I don't know. It was dumb. Uh, are you sure that's? I thought it was a T bucket because the steering wheel was totally horizontal. I'm trying to remember. His, girl, his had, girlfriend was with him. Oh, it the seventies had so many, like trucker convoy movies. <laughs> One of them was called Convoy. I'm trying to remember. Was that Smoking the Bandit? When that they was had Smoking all the Bandit. Yep. Okay. Because there was another one. If you remember, Great Smoky Roadblock, which is a great Henry Fonda trucking movie. Oh man, gotta get these prostitutes to Georgia, man. Gee. But he's driving this beautiful red, white, and blue. I think it's a KW 900. But it may be, maybe a Pete. Ah, uh, but he, it busted out of it. He drives it right out of an impound lot. You know, it's classic trucker movie as yeah. the banjo starts to play in the background. Uh, I love it. I'm a movie car guy too. I do have, I do have mine, but they're weird ones. You know, like they're not. You know, it's not Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. Uh, one of my favorites is a car that is not even. Like, it, it's one of those cars that's just all appearance, because mm-hmm. underneath of it, I think it's a Dodge K car, but it was built for a Charlie Sheen movie called Wraith, where it's a, it, it was one of those, like, creepy sort of road, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Road Warrior a little bit, in that, you know, he's this, they're out in the wasteland, yeah. you know, somewhere, and cars are very important, because 
you know, the road is all that's left or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, it, it, but it, the, the car is just a fiberglass kind of black Hollywood shape, thing. Hollywood yeah. thing. But, I, you know, on the screen, whoa, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, at, at the, the, you know, for me, I think that was like the, the movie car was a great example of the car that I like my C4 Corvette. I'd really want to own it, but I don't want to, I don't want to use it. Yeah. yeah. I've always wanted, uh, basically anything from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah. They had some awesome, and they were actually, the, the way they built them, they were actually usable. Like, you yeah, could, you know. Most movie cars are, are pretty fragile things, you know, like the, the old Batmobiles. Mm-hmm. You could do like 20 miles an hour with them. Mm-hmm. You could barely turn. You couldn't see anything. Yeah. With these things, you, you could go ripping through the desert with these things. Yeah. They're, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm 100% with you. And one of, uh, one of my favorite, <clears throat> this is, you know, pre-Fast and the Fury. I think the, the modern car movies are a little, a little nutty, but like there were some great car movies made where the the cars were not the center. You know, the, the 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 point of the movie wasn't to jump every car off of everything you could and crash everything, but the point of the the movie was to have cool cars that were visible and memorable. And I'm a big Bond movie guy, and my dad was a big AMC guy. Mm-hmm. So of course our favorite Bond movie was the one where. Is it a what is he driving? Is it a javelin? I can't. Remember. I thought it was driving an AMC. I don't know. Old or an old AMX. Bond movie. I'm not a big Bond guy. They're they do okay. the they do the barrel roll. Yeah. And I, uh, so unprepared for this, but they, maybe it's a Cougar. Maybe it's a Mercury Cougar. Anyway, they, they were always, um, uh, shit. I'm drawing a blank. But yeah, there was always European cars. They weren't, weren't American. There's, this was a this was a 70s Bond, of course. Yeah, so but they, they were always Jaguars and... Shot in Vegas. There was a few scenes where they were in Vegas. Uh, oh, and okay. He does... And I, 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 it's, it's clear as... Again, it's clear as a bell in my memory because, you know, it was the... It was the, the car that was just... On screen, it was just kind of a car. You were like, yeah. oh, look at that. It's, you know, James Bond driving a whatever. Oh, yeah. But then when they did the barrel roll jump, all of a sudden that became like, whoa, that's the car that can do the barrel roll jump, because it was a it was a real stunt. I mean, they you know, like you said in Mad Max, you know, it was a real thing. It wasn't computer yeah, animated yeah, yeah. or stunt driven. Or, I mean, it was a stunt driven car, but yeah. it wasn't built yeah. for it. Yeah, um, and that was always that was always yeah. huge to me. Um, in terms of movie cars, like I, I love them because that was the it was the car that accomplished. You know something yeah see i'm always horrible with that like any movie i watch whether it's, it's a car stunt or just anything i'm, I'm like that could never happen yeah that could never, <laughs> that could never happen and like i drive people insane because i just um i never especially modern movies same thing with video games yeah they go to such lengths to make it seem real mm-hmm. and then they just gloss over things yeah you know like my big gripe with video games I mean, they, like, for the guns, they go to the range and they, they, they record the actual sound the actual gun makes mm-hmm. and put it in the game. They do all this crazy stuff, you know, they, the animation, everything is, is as true to life as they can make it. Mm-hmm. And then they call the magazine a clip. Yeah, it's like, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing? And, and same thing like with, with, in movies with cars, you're talking about doing the barrel roll and stuff. I would watch that and go, that car could never do that. Keep going. <laughs> I can see you, you know? in the theater. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like you know, Dukes of Hazzard with the General Lee. Sure. I, I think they destroyed something like 300 Chargers. Oh, of course. They were. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, because it jumps and folds in half, and then it just keeps going. You yeah. Know, it, I'm, I never get really impressed with movie stunts. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it comes to cars. Cause I know they can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that little bit of knowledge you have about how the real world actually works. You, that's like, eh. bring up a great point because that was me. And it, one of the again, one of the Bond movies. Bring it back to a Bond movie was uh, I don't remember which one it was. They were on ice. You know, it was Bond and the Aston Martin being followed oh, by the bad uh, guys. I think that's Die Another Day. Die Another Day, and the, that's like one of the few I actually like. The car, the the, the cars. Of course, the cars are all weaponized. You know, the right. headlights fold away. Guns come out, yeah. and that was always the point where I was like, "Okay, I'm, this is done. I'm calling this. You know, <laughs> this is my bullshit flag is on the field," because that was like, I was like, "Okay, that's not possible." See, yeah. I have more leeway with science fiction stuff. Uh-huh. Like I call, I call that science fiction. Like if you're gonna have create a world where a car can have those kind of guns and stuff, 
I'll give you that leeway. Okay, we'll do that. But then you try to make it real and do a jump mm-hmm. over the Grand Canyon, I'm gonna call bullshit on that. Really? You know, yeah, like if you're just gonna go off the wall, I'll let you go off the wall, but as soon as you try to make it real, I'm gonna call bullshit. See, that's why I like the Batmobile, because the Batmobile had weapons in it and stuff, but yeah. it was a fictional car. So it's yeah, like, yeah. well, that's cool because the Batmobile doesn't really exist, so it can have guns, you know, it can have a jet. Yeah, it can yeah. have a- <laughs> the Pratt and Whitney jet sticking out of the back. <laughs> I always love that because I remember going to see the Keaton Batman or the or was it Val Kilmer? I, I think it was both the Keaton one. one. Yeah, I remember seeing that, and then Batman just gets in the he gets in the Batmobile and drives mm-hmm. away with like twenty people standing six feet behind the Batmobile. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> and my dad was like, "Those people would have been burned alive." <laughs> I do like it that uh, the Ben Affleck Batmobile. I don't remember that one. The the Batman versus Superman. I didn't see that one. It was passed me by. It was a really cool Batmobile. It didn't look like anything uh-huh. uh, b- before that, and they actually made it. Like the stunts it's doing in the movie. There's one scene where you know he's going down like uh, an alleyway, and he just drifts it around. Uh-huh. It's literally a stunt driver in that vehicle drifting it at like sixty around this corner and stuff. Like it. it they made it do what it actually needed to be yeah, able to do. Yeah, sure. And, and for me, that just it is all kinds of respect right Yeah, there. me too. To, to, to make a vehicle that's not a vehicle. The, to, the Christian Bale Batman, that big, <clears throat> the thing with the tumbler. The tumbler, yeah. yeah. That, that wasn't that thing like It moved, but it, it was big and slow and awkward. Yeah. And this thing is, it's lightweight, it's nimble. Like, I, I, I'm sure it has an LS. Everything has an LS. Sure, in it. sure. But this thing, it'll do 90 miles an hour. Because one of the things that I cut you off, but I have to get this out because this always this bugs the nuts off of me when I'm watching a car. Starts with it started about the first time I ever noticed it was actually watching Days of Thunder, and I remember this as vividly as I remember anything else. Watching the racing scenes, yeah. you know, and I watched the NASCAR as much as any kid mm-hmm. when there was only network TV on, yeah. but it was so obvious that they were only doing about 70 or maybe 50. You know, when they were filming the actual racing cars and they had the close-up shots yeah. of the, you know, contact on the track and that kind of thing. Every once in a while, you catch a glimpse of something that would be like a marker of how fast they were going past a sign. Or, I know what you're talking about. You Whenever know, you see uh, they're on the road and they're... You know, you get engine noises going 9,000 mm-hmm. RPM, mm-hmm. and then they, they pan back just enough, and you can see the, the stripes on the road. Exactly, and exactly. And you're yes. like 30 miles an hour yes. by, and you're like, really? Come on. You can't CG that shit go by faster. <laughs> you can remove I, mean, I remember I just this last Marvel movie. Um, uh, no, I remember what it was. Um, uh, what the hell's his name? Dude that played Iron Man. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, uh, Junior. Downey. Downey. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Jr. Um, we have a break he, between the two of us. He, he was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast mm-hmm. relatively recently, and he was talking about uh, the Marvel movies and mm-hmm. the progression of the technology and stuff. And there was something in a take, and he's like, Do you want to do that over? And the director was like, No, we can just remove your arm. In post-production. <laughs> I mean, and you look back and there's whole scenes where they delete characters mm-hmm. like they filmed it and then the director said no I'll do something different and they, they completely take a character out of the scene mm-hmm. um, so if they can do that they can make the painted lines on a road go back faster you know things exactly. like that you know? Exactly. And, and that's this thing that I was talking about earlier where they go to such minute details on certain things and then they just half-ass it on yeah. other things. And see, that's why I appreciated the barrel roll stunt in the Bond movie, because they actually did yeah. it. You know, they sat down, figured out the math, and they yeah. were like, they gave it to a stunt driver, and he was like, oh, by the way, okay. you're the first guy to ever do this. We yeah. have no idea this is going to work. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, they would film, and when they filmed <clears throat> Smokey and the Bandit, you know, they were they had shots of Sally Field in the car, hair whipping around because they were going 75, 80 miles an hour on yeah. some stretches of those roads. Because, you know, like you said, aside from the all the, the their trip back then was speeding the film up. I mean, how many oh, yeah. old car movies <laughs> have you watched where yeah. you're like, that's fast forwarding. That Cadillac can't do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I remember that one of the things that really like cemented the, the movie car magic for me 
when I was a little kid, um, and this was, it was not even a really, I, I don't know, maybe it was a car movie, but it was not really a car, a, a movie that I associated with, like, or not even, not even a, not really a movie, it was just not a, like a, a genre that I associated with, with cars at all, um, but was that movie, you remember that movie Toys with Robin Williams? I do. Where he was, yeah. okay, they owned, he and the billionaire and, uh, toy company, billionaire yeah, toy yeah, company, yeah. right? And uh, they had the, the cars in that movie. The vehicles were such; they were so perfectly chosen. I don't um, remember. I've seen. It's been twenty years. Since it's. I've it's seen that it, I, I think it's been twenty years since anyone saw that movie. <laughs> but one of the things about it to me was like that. It was one of the first movies where they picked the cars very carefully. You know. No. I mean, I, I have to assume that they picked, you know, like, uh, what is it? Um, oh, I know Harrison Ford, it's an old one. Harrison Ford was in it. He drove a Bel Air. Is it Tulane Blacktop? American Graffiti. American Graffiti, thank you. American Graffiti. I mean, you, you're you picking cars specifically for a reason yeah. to go in a movie like that, you yeah. know? Um, there's been plenty that have done it. Well, the 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 point. My point was that the, and again, this is this is only the. I only noticed this because it was such a weird car to notice. Lamborghini LM002 in the movie Toys. That was what LL Cool J drove. It was a big black, looked like a Jeep, but it's not. It, it's I, I a big spare tire on the back. It sure. just looks like a big military vehicle. It yeah. Looks like a Hummer, but then you're like, it's not a Hummer. <laughs> it's something else. But it was cool because it was in such stark contrast to the world of the, the, the other like Tim Burton-esque sets in yeah. toys where it's blue sky, green grass, giant black Lamborghini <laughs> for him. That, that was, you know, that's what was made it, that's what made it interesting on the screen. That's why yeah. I liked it. But I'm with you, you know, the, the car movies from the 50s and 60s were, they were great. They just had, like the, the whole point of them was just to get cars on the screen. Like find kids with hot rods, that are painted canary yellow and have yeah. flames on the side. Put those on the screen. People will pay for it. Hmm. Oh, geez, yeah, huh? Look at that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, the Lamborghini, the LM002. The Rambo Lambo. <laughs> you know. Damn, yeah. Yeah, that, that and it was, so, it was so weird. I'm sure they picked it because they were like, that's the weirdest looking car I've ever seen. We've got to put it in this movie. I would, yeah. Of course you would. And again, you know, the original Hummer, the H1 Hummer, was another one of those cars where, you know, I'd see it on the screen, and you're like, okay, you you know, it won't one of those trucks because those are the, they won Desert Storm. You know, you can put a 50 cal on the back of it. <laughs> yeah. They, they were badass because, you know, troops, Marines had them, Navy, yeah. you know, Army, Navy had them. That's why you wanted them. When, when I was, you know, watching the 6 o'clock news, it wasn't guys in old Toyota. The, the guys in the Hummers were beating the guys in the 80s Toyota pickups. So, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> with the Hummer. But yeah, I mean, that that was like screen cars, yeah. We all have our favorite screen car. I mean, I think everyone does. Even if it's a Prius. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why, but no. No, 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 I'm not agreeing with that. <laughs> I didn't think it's not going to try to slip that in. I'm sure someone out there loves the uh, the BMW i, the, the little tiny BMW that Larry David drives in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think about it, it's so gross. Still dirty now. Not my favorite car either, certainly. But what is your favorite, like, in terms of attainable screen car? You know, the, the car where you're like, I would buy that secretly because I saw this person driving it in a movie. Oof. You know, um, I don't, you're not talking about buying the exact car from the movie, but you're yeah, like, yeah. you know. Uh, hmm. Jeez, that's a tough one. It's a thinker. It, it really is. Um, I'm trying to think. I would probably have to say DeLorean. DeLorean. Back to the Future. If it wasn't for that movie, no one would ever want one. You're, very, you're exactly right. No one would want one. So you're saying if 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 <clears throat> 1980, when was the first Back to the Future? Five. Five. If 1985 Brian is sitting in the theater with enough money for a DeLorean, 
he sees the screen DeLorean and then goes to the dealer? Well, if... No, if, that's not possible because they were already out of business by 85. If a four-year-old comes in with $40,000 to buy a car, <laughs> and you take it from them, there's some ethical implications that you need to get checked out. <laughs> Bad times you had all that. But no, I mean, yeah, I would definitely... That, that would be my movie car. Yeah. Because it was just cool. It was time machine. Yeah, it was. It was cool time Did you know that for that movie... They, the original time machine, they wanted to use a refrigerator. Really? Yep. I didn't notice that. Yep. And then they decided to change it because they were worried about kids getting in there and get locked in their fridges and dying. Ah! So they changed it. Like, we can't do that. We're going to do something cool. So they had to rewrite the whole thing and then they came up with the DeLorean just because of the futuristic goblins. I wonder if it was the production company be like, you know, guys, there was some dumb kid the other day in our neighborhood that got locked in a fridge. Well, that so was we a thing. We can't use this idea. I remember, I remember being a kid and... You know how that was back when old fridge doors had latches and on them. And that's what it was. <laughs> I remember, you remember the, the TV show Punky Brewster? Not not well, but yes. My sister loved that show. Um, so we only had one TV. So uh, that was her. She got to watch that all the time. And I remember they did, uh, you know, 80s and 90s sitcoms were always notorious. And they still do today, I guess. But doing like a built-in PSA. Sure. Like they always had like... The drug episode. On a very special episode. Yeah, exactly. And that was their run. One of the girl's friends gets, they're playing hide and seek. She hides in a uh, an old fridge and she almost dies. Mm. But anyway, um, but yeah, the reason they picked the DeLorean was they wanted to do the, um, a go, the going door space shift, space ship joke. Uh-huh. When he first goes crashing into the barn, uh-huh. and then they come out, and the kid goes, "Look!" and it's the the spaceship from the cover of his comic book. Uh-huh. They wanted to do that joke, so that's why. And I guess they couldn't afford a Mercedes. Well, <laughs> and it was ironic that you were you were equally as likely to become locked and trapped in a DeLorean if you got in one as you were getting in a fridge, because there were plenty of times when people tried to get out of a DeLorean, and the door just simply. Didn't open. Really, that was a problem. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, I remember that. Well, there's a there there are you know dozens of down there. Well, there are at least two or three really good documentaries about you know John DeLorean because it was a great you know story to yeah. tell. And of course, one of the big problems was the fact that on the early cars, it wasn't so much the the any of the particular components, but apparently it was the way that it was the way in which they were designed. They were so heavy uh, that with the the lift. The, the support struts couldn't really keep them aligned when they went from being fully open to fully closed. Uh, so, yeah, that misalignment often caused the latch to bind, know, up, or bind up or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 you know, it's funny because I, I think for me, my, I remember, and again, a very clear memory of, of wanting the, uh, the Steve McQueen brown Porsche that he's driving at the beginning of Le Mans. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen that one. Ages ago. And again, it was not anything. He's not going fast in it. He's not. It doesn't have a pretty girl beside him. It's yeah. just you know well, on screen. Well, it's on screen for a few <laughs> minutes. You know, he just he he's he drives he drives it. You know, on screen, looking very cool. Yeah. Dressed in a very cool way, and then he drives up to this little tiny flower shop in France, and you're just like, nothing is cooler than this. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know and again that was and that was a that that was just the car that Steve McQueen drove. That yeah. was why. That was yeah. the point. It wasn't because it could go back in time. Sucker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> of course, you drive a Porsche, and you know, you might feel like you're back in time because it's a little Volkswagen that you're driving. Mm. I'm sure I'm inviting some criticism for that, but you know what? I don't care. I said, stand behind it. <laughs> My podcast, I would want. <laughs> Not a Porsche guy. Never have been. And uh, we will tell you all about that on a f- episode for the future. But for now, everyone, please enjoy your week. Stay safe out there. We'll see you later.